Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse, Chapter 4. Chapter 4, Thalia Torches New England. Artemis assured us that dawn was coming, but you could have fooled me. It was colder and darker and snowier than ever. Up on the hill, Westover Hall's windows were completely lightless. I wondered if the teachers had even noticed that D'Angelo kids and Dr. Thorne were missing yet. They didn't want to be around when they did. With my luck, the only name Mrs. Got Gottschalk would remember would be Percy Jackson, and I'd be the subject of a national-wide manhunt. Again. The hunters broke camp as quickly as they'd set it up. I stood shivering the snow, unlike the hunters, who didn't seem to feel at all uncomfortable. And Artemis started into the east, like she was expecting something. Stared into the east. Bianca sat off on one side, talking to Nico. I could tell from his gloomy face that she was explaining her decision to join the hunt. I couldn't help thinking how selfish it was of her, abandoning her brother like that. Thalia and Grover came up and huddled me, huddled around me, anxious to hear what was happening, happening, what had happened during my audience with the goddess. When I told them, Grover turned pale. The last time the hunters visited camp, it didn't go well. How'd they even show up here, I wondered. I mean, they just appeared out of nowhere? And Bianca joined them, Thalia said, disgusted. It's all Zoe's fault. That stuck-up no-good. Who can blame her? Grover said. Eternity with Artemis? He heaved the big sigh. Thalia rolled her eyes. You satyrs. You're all in love with Artemis. Don't you get that she'll never love you back? But she's so... into nature, Grover swooned. You're nuts. Thalia said. Nuts and berries, Grover said dreamily. Yeah. Finally, the sky began to lighten. Artemis muttered, about time, he's so lazy during the winter. You're, um, waiting for sunrise? I asked. For my brother, yes. I didn't want to be rude. I knew the legends about Apollo. I mean, or sometimes Helios, driving a big sun chariot across the sky. But I also knew that the sun was a really big star about a zillion miles away. I'd got used to some of the Greek myths being true, but still... I didn't see how Apollo could drive the sun. It's not exactly as you think, Artemis said, like she was reading my mind. Oh, okay, I started to relax. It's not like he'll be pulling up in a... There was a sudden burst of light on the horizon, a blast of warmth. Don't look, Artemis advised, not until he parks. Parks? I, adver I averted my eyes and saw that the other kids were doing the same. The light and warmth intensified until my winter coat felt like it was melting off. Then suddenly the light died. I looked. I couldn't believe it. It was my car. Well, the car I wanted, anyway. A red convertible Maserati Spider. Speed Speeder? It was so awesome it glowed. Then I realized it was glowing because the metal was hot. The snow had melted around the Maserati in a perfect circle, which explained why I was... Now standing on green grass, my shoes were wet. The driver got out, smiling. He looked about 17 or 18, and for a second I had an uneasy feeling that he was Luke, my old enemy. The guy had the same sandy hair and outdoorsy good looks, but it wasn't Luke. Luke. This guy was taller, with no scar on his face like Luke's. His smile was brighter and more playful. Luke didn't do much more than a scowl and sneer these days. The Maserati drove... 
driver wore jeans and loafers and a sleeveless t-shirt. Whoa, Dahlia muttered. Apollo's hot. He's a sun god, I said. That's not what I meant. Little sister, Apollo called. If his teeth were any whiter, he would have blinded us without the- He could have blinded us without the sun car. What's up? You never call, you never write. I was getting worried, Artemis sighed. I'm fine, Apollo, and I'm not your little sister. Hey, I was born first. We're twins. How many millennia do we have to argue? So what's up? He interrupted. Got the girls with you, I see. You all need some tips on archery? Artemis gritted her teeth. I need a favor. I have some hunting to do. Alone. I need you to take my companions to Camp Half-Blood. Sure, sis. Then he raised his hands in a stop-everything gesture. I feel a haiku coming. Haiku. The hunters all groaned. Apparently, they'd met Apollo before. He cleared his throat and held up one hand dramatically. Green grass breaks through the snow. Artemis pleads for my help. I'm so cool. He grinned at us, waiting for applause. That's, that last line was only four syllables. Artemis said, Artemis said. Apollo frowned. Was it? Yes. What about, I am so big-headed? No, that's six syllables. Hmm. He started muttering to himself. Zoe Nightshade turned to us. Lord Apollo had, has been going through this haiku phase ever since he visited Japan. This is not as bad as the time he visited, visited Limerick. If I'd had to hear one more poem that started with, There was once a goddess from Sparta. I've got it, Apollo announced. I'm so awesome. That's five syllables. He bowed, looking very pleased with himself. And now, sis, transportation for the hunters, you say? Good good timing. I was about to read ready I was just about to get ready to roll. These demigods will also need a ride, Artemis said, pointing to us. Some of Chiron's campers. No problem, Apollo checked us out. Let's see. Thalia, right? I've heard of you. Thalia blushed. Hi, Lord Apollo. Zeus's girl, yes. Makes you my half-sister. Used to be a tree, didn't you? Glad you're back. I hate it when pre- pretty girls turn into trees. Man, I remember one time. Brother, Artemis said, you should get going. Oh, right. Then he turned at me, and his eyes narrowed. Percy Jackson? Yeah, I mean, yes, sir. It seemed weal- weird calling a teenager sir, but I'd learned to be careful with immortals. They tend... They tended to get offended easily. Then they blew stuff up. Apollo studied me, but he didn't say anything, which I found a little creepy. Well, he said at last, we'd better load up. Load up, huh? Ride only goes one way, west, and if you miss it, you miss it. I looked at the Maserati, which would seat two people max. There were about 20 of us. Cool car, Nico said. Thanks, kid, Apollo said. But how will we all... But how will we all fit? Oh, Apollo seemed to notice the problem for the first time. Well, yeah, I hate the change out of sports car mode, but I suppose he took out his car keys and beat the security alarm. Chirp, chirp. For a moment, the car glowed brightly again. When the glare died, the Maserati had been replaced with one of those small buses that, just like the ones we used for high school basketball games. For school basketball games. Right, he said. Everybody in? Zoe ordered the huntress to start loading. She picked up her camping pack and Apollo said, Hey, here, sweetheart, let me get that. Zoe recoiled. Her eyes flashed murderously. Brother, Artemis chided. 
You do not help my hunters. You do not talk, look, or flirt with my hunters. And you do not call them sweetheart. Apollo spread his hands. Sorry, I forgot. Hey, sis, where are you going off to anyway? Hunting, Artemis said. It's none of your business. I'll find out. I see all, I know all. Artemis snorted. Just drop them off, Apollo. And no messing around. No, no, I never mess. Apollo rolled her eyes, then looked at us. I will see you by winter solstice. Zoe, you are in charge of the hunters. Do well. Do as I would do. Zoe straightened. Yes, my lady. Artemis knelt and touched the ground as if looking for tracks. As she rose, she looked troubled. So much danger. The beast must be found. She sprinted towards the woods and melted into the snow and shadows. Apollo turned and grinned, jangling the car keys on his finger. So, he said, who wants to drive? The hunters piled into the van. They all clamored into the back so they'd all be as far away as possible from Apollo and the rest of his highly infectious males. Bianca sat be- sat with them, leaving her little brother to hang out uh, with us in the front, which seemed co- cold to me, but Nico didn't seem to mind. This is so cool, Nico said, jumping up and down in the driver's seat. Is this really the sun? I thought Helos and Selene were the sun and moon gods. How come sometimes it's them and sometimes it's you and Artemis? Downsizing, Apollo said. Downsizing, Apollo said. The Romans started it. They couldn't afford all those temples and all those temple sacrifices, so they laid off Helios and Selene and folded their duties into our description. My sis got the moon, I got the sun. I was pretty it was pretty annoying at first, but I at least got this cool car. But how does it work? Nico asked. I thought the sun was a big fiery ball of gas. Apollo chuckled and ruffled Nico's hair. That rumor probably started because Artemis used to call me a big fiery ball of gas. Seriously, kid, it depends on whether you're talking about astronomy or philosophy. You want to talk how humans think about the sun? Ah, now that's more interesting. They've got a lot riding on the sun, or so to speak. It it keeps them warm, grows their crops, powers engines, makes everything look, well, sunnier. This chariot is built out of human dreams about the sun, kid. It's as old as Western civilization. Every day, it drives across the sky from east to west, lighting up all those puny little mortal lives. The chariot is a manifestation of the sun's power, the way mortals perceive it. Make sense? Nico shook his head. No. Well then, just think of it as a really powerful, really dangerous solar car. Can I drive? No, too young. Ooh, ooh, Grover raised his hands. Mm, no, too furry. He looked past me and focused on Thalia. Daughter of Zeus, he said. Lord of the sky? Perfect. Oh no, Thalia shook her head. No thanks. Come on, Paula said. How old are you? Thalia hesitated. I don't know. It was sad, but true. She'd been turned into a tree when she was twelve, but that had been seventy years ago. So she could be nineteen if you went by years, but she still felt like she was twelve. If you looked at her through, though she seemed somewhere in between. The best Chiron could work out. She had kept aging in tree form, but much slower. Apollo tapped his finger to his lips. You're fifteen, almost sixteen. How do you know that? Hey, I'm the god of prophecy. I know stuff. You'll turn sixteen in about a week. That's my birthday, December 22nd. Which means you're old enough to drive with a, with a learner's permit. Thalia shifted up, her feet nervously. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna- I know what you're gonna say, Apollo said. You don't deserve an honor like driving the sun, chariot. 
That's not what I was going to say. Don't sweat it. Maine is Maine to Long Island is a really short trip, and don't worry about what happened to the last kid I trained. You're Zeus's daughter. He's not going to blast you out of the sky. Apollo laughed good na- naturally. The rest of us didn't join him. Thalia tried to protest, but Apollo was absolutely not going to take no for an answer. He hit a button on the dashboard, and a sign popped up along the top, top of the windscreen. It, I had to read it backwards, which for a dyslexic really isn't that different to reading forward. I was pretty sure it said, Warning, student driver. Take it away, Apollo told Thalia. You're going to be natural. I'll admit I was jealous. I couldn't wait to start driving. A couple of times that autumn, my mom had taken me to, Mon- to Montauk where the beach road was empty and she'd let me try out her Maza- Maza- Mazda. I mean, yeah, that was a Japanese compact and this was the Sun Chariot, but how different could it be? Speed equals speed equals heat, Apollo ad- advised. So start slowly and make sure you've got good altitude before you really open her up. Thalia gripped the wheel so tightly her knuckles turned white. She looked like she was going to be sick. What's wrong, I asked. Nothing, she said shakily. Nothing is wrong. She pulled She pulled back on the wheel. It tilted and the bus lurched upward so fast I fell back and crashed against something soft. Ow, said Grover. Sorry, slower, Apollo said. Sorry, Apollo, Thalia said. I've got it under control. I managed to get to my feet. Looking out of the window, I saw a smoking ring of trees in the clearing where we'd taken off. Thalia, I said, lighten up on the accelerator. I've got it, Percy, she said, gritting her teeth, but she kept it floored. Loosen up, I told her. I'm loose, Thalia said. She's so stiff, she looked like she was made out of plywood. We need we need to get very south. We need to veer south for Long Island, Apollo said. Hang a left. Thalia jerked the wheel and threw me into Grover, who yelped. The other left, Apollo suggested. I made the mistake of looking out the window again. We were at airplane height now, so high the sky was starting to look black. Uh, Apollo said. I got the feeling he was forcing himself to sound calm. A little lower, sweetheart. Cape God is freezing over. Thalia tilted the wheel. Her face was chalk white. Her forehead beaded with sweat. Something was definitely wrong. I'd never seen her like this. The bus pitched down and somebody screamed. Maybe it was me. Now we were heading straight towards the Atlantic Ocean at about a thousand miles an hour. The New England coastline off to our left. And it was getting hot in the bus. Paul had been thrown somewhere in the back of the bus, but he started climbing up the rows of seats. Take the wheel, Grover begged him. No worries, Apollo said. He looked plenty worried. She just has to learn to- Whoa! I saw what he was seeing. Down below us was a little snow-covered New England town. At least it used to be snow-covered. As I watched, the snow melted off the trees and the roofs and the roofs and the lawns. The white steeple on the church turned brown and started to smolder. Little plumes of smoke, like birthday candles, were popping up all over the town. Trees and roof starts, rooftops were catching fire. Pull up! I yelled. There was a wild light in Thalia's eyes. She yanked back on the wheel, and and I held on this time. As we zoomed up, I could see through the back window that the fires in the town were being snuffed out by the sudden blast of cold. There, Apollo pointed. Long Island, dead ahead. Let's slow down, dear. Dead is only an expression. 
Thalia was thundering towards the coastline of northern Long Island. There was Camp Halfblood, the valley, the woods, the beach. I could see the dining pavilion and cabins on the and the amphitheater. I'm under control, under control, Thalia muttered. I'm under control. We're only a few hundred meters away now. Break, Apollo said. I can do this. Break! Thalia slammed her foot on the on the brake, and the sun bus pitched forward at a 45-degree angle, slamming into the half-blood camp half-blood canoe lake with a huge floosh. Steam billowed up, sending several frightened naiads scrambling out of the water with half-woven wicker baskets. The bus bobbed to the surface, along with a couple of capsized, half-melted canoes. Well, said Apollo with a brave smile, you were right, my dear. You had everything under control. Let's go see if we bowled anyone important, shall we? And that was chapter four. I um, really, really apologize if I read too fast. I'm looking at the recording time now, and it's 17 minutes. That is extremely fast, and it was a long chapter. It was a hectic chapter, too. But um, hopefully, I didn't, um, didn't read too fast, so you can't hang on. And if I did read too fast, go to podbean.com or download the app Podbean, Podbean and uh, search up my podcast, Percy Jackson, the creator, Isaac, and uh, comment that. Comment that and let me know. If you really want me, I could re-record the chapter and do it over, or I could be careful in future chapters not to read too fast.